Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Policy Shop. Since 2010, when a radical wing of the Chicago Teachers Union took control of the union, costs at CPS have shot up 55%, and the district has lost nearly 80,000 students. Here to discuss why this is happening and why it matters is Miley Smith, staff attorney and director of labor policy at the Illinois Policy Institute. Miley, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Well, back to school is always an exciting time for us. We're moms with multiple kids, um, and it's just a big time of change and excitement. And Chicago Public Schools is about to go back to school as well. They're returning on the 22nd. I should note we're recording on the 19th. So this is all in the future for us right now. But anyway, with this theme of back to school um, and kids heading back to the classroom at districts across the state, what I thought was really interesting is some work that your team has done uh, in the past few weeks looking at uh, not only enrollment statistics, but also costs in CPS and proficiency and scoring for students. So how many kids does CPS have? How are the kids doing in school? And how much are we paying to get these outcomes? Um, And so I'm really looking forward to to talking with you about this, but big picture, what is this conversation we're about to have about? Like set the scene for us. Sure. Well, we looked at the last 10 years to see what has been going on within Chicago public schools. And I think the, the big takeaways are that enrollment has declined. Um, at the same time, test, store, test scores have dropped, but funding to the district has increased. So it, it creates this kind of like, why? Why is this happening? Why when... Uh, funding is increasing, are we seeing the enrollment declining and the test scores dropping? Um, so you mentioned like how many how many students are there? Well, there were just over, uh, I think, 330,000 students in the last school year within CPS. But in the last 10 years, it has dropped by over 63,000 students. So that's nearly a 16% drop. Only, or I should say, about one third of Chicago Public Schools school buildings are less than half full. And the five most empty are at less than 10% capacity. So, again, all of this is fueling the fact that we are seeing a school district that is losing students that has test scores dropping um, and yet funding through property taxes to the district is increasing. Property taxes, right. And then uh, the state contributes significantly uh, to districts across Illinois. And CPS is always uh, a beneficiary of, of that funding formula, probably more so than most other districts. Right. And we we have seen that in the last like 10 years about that CPS, uh, their state and local funding has increased to over $7 billion. That's a, a 55% increase since 2012. And you're right, that's through state funding, through property taxes. And of course, we always would highlight that while 
Property taxes are funding and increasing the funding to CPS. Illinoisans are suffering under the second highest state and local property tax burden in the nation. So this is definitely hitting the residents hard that their property taxes are going up. Uh, the funding to the schools is going up and yet their kids are seeing um, schools that are less than half full and they're seeing their test scores dropping. Yeah, speaking of, of test scores and proficiency, uh, which not everyone's a huge fan of this metric and that's fine, but it's all we have. Um, so the numbers that you pulled from 2011, the 2011-2012 school year showed that Chicago public schools students, for example, were operating at the 79% math proficiency. So 79% of kids in CPS were proficient in their math program and curriculum. By 2020-21 school year, that proficiency rate was at 17%. Same story with reading just about. So 70% reading proficiency in the 2011-2012 school year. Now it's at 21%. And We've talked about this a lot um, because we're all closely connected with the teachers in our community. My mom, I remember, talked a lot about her life as a teacher. She taught second grade at a public school for 35 years. And as, as she grew closer and closer to retirement, would tell me stories about kids who came from troubled homes and how it was a real struggle to make sure that they were progressing at the right clip. And she would always say, you know, I've got them for eight hours and then they go home. And if there's no support at home for these kids, it's going to be really hard for them to achieve. And so I wonder how many kids in CPS are dealing with a bunch of instability at home and how that affects these scores. Is it necessarily fair to put all that on the teachers? Right. And that raises a great point. We do know that there is instability in the homes of so many of these kids. Um, we know that there's instability in in adult lives right now in Chicago with the you know other issues that are going on within the city. Um, but that brings me back to the power that the union, Chicago Teachers Union, holds over parents and over students. Um, they have gone on strike three times in three school years um, in in recent years. Remains to be seen what happens with the coming school year. Um, we know that when kids are out of school, um, test scores drop. And we also know that in the last few years, kids at CPS were out of school, with not in the school building for 17 months because of COVID. So there's a lot of instability going on. And the teachers union fuels that by pulling the teachers out on strike, by walking out. They've had one-day walkouts. They've had refusals to come to work and only do remote, remote work. Um, and we know that that adds to the instability of students. We know that when students are not in school, test scores drop. And so there are a lot of things that are going on that contribute to what's going on in kids' lives and why we see these proficiency levels just absolutely dropping out the floor, um, but we have to go back to the fact that Chicago Teachers Union, particularly through its leadership, which is the caucus of rank and file educators or core, they have been in leadership since 2010. And since that time, there have been 55% higher costs to the district, 
and a loss of nearly 80,000 students in the district. Um, and and they, their militant tactics of walking out, creating uncertainty, parents don't even always know at night when they put their kids in bed, whether or not their kids are gonna to go to school in the morning because Chicago Teachers Union might walk out and decide that they're not coming the next day. And there are a number of things I think that make CTU to blame when we look at what's going on in, in the Chicago public schools. It's a, it's a really good point. I think, you know, bringing back the whole instability conversation to what happens when you wake up in the morning, are you gonna be able to go to school or not? That's hugely, um, confusing, concerning, and really hard for kids to deal with. And I think something that you always point out really nicely um, is this difference between what people think the union is and what it is in reality. So you have this saying, you say, this is not your dad's union. This is not your grandfather's union. Uh, this isn't people organizing to negotiate fair wages and fair working conditions uh, in the most true sense of those terms. Talk to us about how far CTU's leadership has departed from what we traditionally consider the role of a union. CTU actually credits itself with teaching other unions and other states, teachers unions, to ask for things that are not traditional, or demand things, I should say, that are not traditionally on the table. Um, CTU sets itself up as kind of, you know, this is what teachers union should be like, and they take credit for strikes that have happened in other states. So some of the things that they have asked for, demanded in negotiations in recent years are, are things like rent abatement issues, housing, um, other social justice issues, defunding the police. These are things that they have demanded and put on the table, refusing to go to work during times of strike when some of these things are still on the table. These are not things that are traditionally negotiated um, between an employer and an employee. Um, and, and I would just point to that and the fact that not only does CTU do this in Chicago, they have tried to do this nationwide. Um, and we have an amendment on the ballot this November that is going to allow, it's going to expand bargaining beyond traditional like wages and benefits to encompass political issues, economic issues that were not traditionally bargained for. It's exactly what CTU has been pushing for. Um, and this amendment is going to give them a lot more leeway to do that and create a lot more havoc in the lives of students and their parents. And that, of course, is Amendment 1, the first thing that people will see on their ballots when they go to the polls this November. Um, I think something that's similar to how we view our work here at IPI that I would assume educators deal with is whenever we make a decision, whenever we are trying to figure out a strategy or should we pursue this or pursue that, we always have to think, well, how does it support the mission? Well, the mission for Chicago public schools, at least I'm sure, is how do we best educate these children? And I think that at the end of the day, when you look at these outcomes, when you look at spending going up, but enrollment going down and proficiency going way down, you have to ask the question, uh, how is anything that CTU is doing right now supporting the mission? And I'm really grateful that you came here to, to explain this and dive into it a little bit more. So thanks so much, Miley.
Yeah, it it's great to be here. One thing if I could just add is a reminder that CTU's mission is not CPS's mission. CTU's mission is not to better the lives of students. Um, CTU's members are not students. CTU's members are, are teachers and CTU's priorities are um, power and money for leadership. And that does that that conflicts with the mission of Chicago Public Schools. And when there is that conflict, what we see is it's the students and the parents that are left behind. And we got to figure out how to fix that. So thanks again for working on this, for continuing to pay attention to this story that's going to continue to unfold. And we'll be talking more about it soon, I'm sure. That sounds great. Thanks, Marley. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.